Hello everyone, this is John Forrester, and this is Out of Character. Today we are going to be discussing the Star Wars Saga Edition role-playing game. This is an awesome role-playing game if you're looking to do a Star Wars game. Uh, it, and, I mean, it's one of my favorite games. It was one of the first role-playing games I ever played. Uh, it was one of the first games I ever ran a play-by-post for. So, I would say this is in my top five of favorite RPGs of all time. If not, you know, it, you know it's... I mean, it's Star Wars. It's hard not to... If you're not a Star Wars fan, I understand. I know it, nothing's for everybody. But if you are, do yourself a favor and go play this. I know there are newer Star Wars games out there that you can play that are a lot easier to get a hold of. If you put the time and effort into finding a copy of the core book or just buying it online somewhere, if you can find it there like on Amazon, like on Amazon or something... It's such a great game. I really do get into it. But let's, let's get into discussing what this is here. So, it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a Star Wars role-playing game, very much so. You know, set in a galaxy far, far away, a time long, long ago. It's very similar to a lot of other tabletop role-playing games in terms of your stats, and, you know, you have your strength score, your constitution score. And in fact, if you're curious about character creation, a few weeks ago I did a podcast where I literally made a character and recorded it. So we're not going to get too much into like character creation stuff just because I feel like we've talked about that already. But skipping ahead here. So in this game, there are a wide range of options for what kind of campaign you can run. And pretty much you can do anything that's in the Star Wars universe or something that you completely make up. There's nothing wrong with that. Maybe you are a big fan of like the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars show or, you know, you want to see what would happen if, for example, you played a campaign that's set in the Clone Wars, and you want to do like a squadron of sold, maybe like a, one guy wants to play a clone trooper, one guy wants to play a Jedi, uh, one wants to play some kind of a droid, and one of you wants to play a uh, a senator. That's a perfect dynamic for the Star Wars universe, and every single one of the characters I just talked about is completely playable. In this game, there's really only a couple of classes, which is one of the nice things, but there's such ability to make every one of those characters, even within those those individual classes, unique. It's really amazing, especially with all the races and species, I should say, not races, species. Just to give you a quick example here. So let's, let's, let's work with that dynamic of the, you know, we have a clone soldier, we have our senator, and we have our droid, and we have a, um, a Jedi, which that's a pretty normal party for a Clone Wars game. Heck, you wouldn't even have to you know, look outside the show to find that, I don't think. Um, the classes are as follows. You have, no. first off, you have Jedi, which, of course, you know, lightsabers, uh, using the Force, um, you know, they're, they're steeped in tradition, uh, they're kind of... They're kind of like the, the they're the they're the class that people who want to be the most dynamic thing in the Star Wars universe necessarily are probably gonna gravitate towards. If you say Star Wars, I'm pretty sure most people are gonna think of lightsabers and Jedi almost immediately. Then they'll probably think of like X Wings and stuff like that. Death Stars exploding, Ewoks, Gungans, I don't know what your I don't know what your head's gonna jump to. So you have Jedi, and not all Jedi are going to be the same. Like I said before, there's that customization element. You know, you have, like, there are Jedi Guardians who are, basically, they're a lot like what they sound like. They're kind of tasked with protecting more than anything else. As a Jedi Guardian, 
you are somewhat more combat oriented than other Jedi might be. Um, you're you're not hugely you're, you're not going out into the universe and hunting down the Sith necessarily, but you, you do have more combat abilities than some other Jedi might. Now, if you want to be the Jedi who goes and hunts down the Sith actively, or you know is like actively fighting against the dark side of the Force, then you would be a Jedi Sentinel. Those are the ones who are really, I mean, they're even more combat oriented than anyone else. Um, beyond that, you also have Jedi who specialize in lightsaber combat. You know, maybe you're, maybe you don't want to pursue being a Sentinel or a Guardian, but you just want to be really good at using a lightsaber. There's all kinds of abilities within how to use a lightsaber and like what kind of attacks you use. Or maybe you're more of a peaceful person. Maybe your character, your Jedi is not so much into using their lightsaber to solve their problems. You could be a Jedi Consular, who uh, they're, they're the diplomats, you know? When stuff goes awry in the universe and they want to send someone in who's not just, a per not just an ordinary person because it may be a dangerous situation, they may send a Jedi to speak because Jedis are supposed to be the guardians of peace throughout the Republic, not peace throughout any one sector of space. Uh, so that's just an example of like Jedi. Um, there are other, believe it or not, there are other classes besides Jedi. Uh, you have nobles. Nobles are really well-educated. Um, they tend to be very charismatic and pretty smart. Some of them are royalty, but that's not necessarily, you know, you can think of them as like, think of like royalty, uh, military commanders, crime lords, uh, merchants, senators, uh, celebrities, you know. Anyone who relies on brains and the and that 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 charisma. So if you want to be a hut crime lord, you could definitely do that. Uh, within there, you know the cool thing about them is, and like I said before, there's all this customization with these classes that I really like. Like for example, their talents you can run towards like influence. You know, how do you exert your presence over others? You know. You can uh, go with inspire, and maybe you're that. That's more of a military commander to me. You know, you're trying to inspire others, and you know, raise the battle cry and all that good stuff. Um, maybe you're just a natural leader, or maybe you're part of a big dynasty. Like, you know, you're playing uh, Luke Skywalker's great 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 grandson, and you want to play a noble, and you want to play up that lineage of you know the Skywalker lineage. That, that name is important, and that's one of the cool things about the Star Wars universe is there are those names, you know, like Solo and Skywalker and, uh, you know, Antilles and all these other great names that you could play on. So you can definitely do that. Um, nobles are smart. They are, a, they're, they're, I don't want to call them a support class, but they're very good at a lot of different things. They have huge number of skills that you can pull from and do different things with. They're so adaptable and they're really fun to play. They're not the most combat oriented class in the game though. So if you are going to play a noble, just be aware when blasters start going off and lightsabers are coming out, your character can lend a huge amount of support. If you run into the fray, you may get killed. So that's just a fair warning to my to the nobles out there. Um, scoundrels are sneaky, they are clever, uh, a lot of, I mean, they're, they're, they are smart, 
Uh, they're also a bit more, for lack of a better term, they're a bit more physical, or they tend to be a bit more physical than the uh, the nobles do. So, like, let's take a look at some examples of scoundrels here. Um, for example, maybe your character, as far as how adaptable they are, you know, there's fortunes. You know, your character may rely on luck. They may push bad luck onto other people or rely on, you know, good luck for themselves. Um, there's also being a, you know, you might be like a hacker or slicer in the Star Wars universe. So maybe you're really good at hacking, you know, slicing into computer systems through the hollow net and, and getting into secret information and getting, you know, reprogramming computers. Those are all useful skills. And, you know, as we all know, R2-D2 is probably a pretty good slicer. Um, there's spacers who are really good at getting around in space. I mean, for lack of a better term, you, you kind of look at the people who live on these little rinky dink planets and you're like, man, that's, I don't want to be in one place. I want to be out there on a spaceship, you know, going through the, going from one place to the other. That's how you stay on how, how you survive. You never stay in one place. Now, do you do that because someone's trying to kill you or track you down because you owe them money? Or are you doing that because your character is just kind of a wanderer? Again, adaptable. Um, there are scouts who are kind, who are a bit more physical than the the, uh, the nobles or the the scoundrels. Um, not so much as the Jedi, but they are explorers. They're a bit more adventurous. They're really good at surviving in. We're gonna call it the backwoods of space, for lack of a better term. They are survivors. They know how to get through wild regions. They know how to, you know, survive in dangerous situations. Um, I mean, you're in, even with that, there's a lot of adaptability. Maybe your character's, you know, a born hunter and he's from Rhodia and he has learned how to survive, you know, in the jungles. So, you know, if you want to be a character who's really good at shooting and tracking and uh, even, you know, trading and running and just be very physical, but not necessarily a combat character. A scout's a great way to go. Probably the most combat-oriented class of the game solely is going to be the soldier. Soldiers are exactly what they sound like. They have the most weapon proficiencies. They can wear the heaviest armor. They can be anything from you know a, from a, a bar fighter to a commando to a heavy weapons specialist. Huge amount of, of just different things you can do with that. And those are just a quick example of some of the classes. Um, they all have like huge talent trees and just, I could sit here and talk about what they can do forever. Um, oh man, it's, and just, just the amount of different stuff you can do with those classes is amazing. So once you've kind of gotten an idea of what class you want to play and what you want to do as far as that goes, you know, you choose a race. Uh, you know, if you want to play a droid or a human or a Wookiee or a Gamorrean or a Gungan or an Ewok, most games that I've ever played in, Ewoks are banned. So, if you find a GM who's willing to let you play an Ewok, they have some guts. Uh, or maybe you want to play an Athorian, but whatever, whatever you want to play. What makes this game cool to me is, first off, Combat in this game does not feel like necessarily like combat in a lot of other games. If you get shot in the Star Wars universe, it hurts. And there's the potential for you to die pretty quickly, which isn't surprising considering people are shooting blasters at you and vibro daggers and lightsabers. This isn't a game where you take 47 hits and you're still coming. 
you know, it's it you can have limbs shot getting you know lightsabered off in the middle of a fight. Then that's actually a move. You can choose to sever people's limbs with a lightsaber, which is pretty fun if you think about it. Um, one time I had a character in a play-by post we did, and he was shot and he was seriously injured in this fight, and we decided he was gonna have a cybernetic eye from then on, and then he'd been hit in the eye. It was fun. He got bonuses to certain skills, and you know he could use it to like have thermal vision and stuff. So you know you can always think of it along those lines. Um, things this game does well. It is very much a story game, not a mechanics game to me. Uh, you can incorporate the destiny mechanic into this. So what's the destiny mechanic? The destiny mechanic is you and your GM, or just you, sit down and figure out what this character is supposed to do. What, like, long term. Like, for example, if you're playing a character... And you decide, you know, my character's destiny is to destroy the Death Star. And everyone's going to say, Luke Skywalker destroyed the Death Star. Well, maybe it's your character's destiny to destroy the Death Star. So every time you take a step towards doing that, there's going to be certain mechanical benefits to helping you in the game. Whereas every time you take a step away from fulfilling that destiny, there's going to be certain mechanical deficits that are going to make it harder for you to be effective. So let's say... You know, your character joins the Rebel Alliance. Well, the Rebel Alliance is probably going to be more inclined to help you destroy the Death Star than other some other organizations. Let's say your character, for some reason, falls in with the bad guys and decides he's going to join the Empire. Well, obviously, that's not going to help. That, that You could make the argument that, well, he's going into the Empire to sabotage the Death Star. So depending on his, the reasoning behind that, even if he's joining the Empire, that may help his destiny. So the destiny mechanic's pretty cool. It requires a little thought, and it's the kind of thing that I think you need to play a character for a little bit before you really delve into destinies. I tend not to use, I tend not to use them at the start of a game, because you never know how your character's going to grow and evolve over time, and you can change destinies and alter stuff, but if you go into it saying, like, my character's going to destroy the Death Star, that's fine, but... You know, maybe you're, maybe the you know, the campaign goes a different way, and you never even come anywhere near the Death Star, and you know you never fulfill your destiny, which is kind of disappointing. Um, the like there's uh there's prestige classes, of course, just because there weren't enough classes. Um, when you get to a certain level, you get the option to take a prestige class to make your character even tougher. So these are the really cool classes, aside from, you know, the Jedis and Nobles and Scoundrels and all that good stuff. You have, like, stuff like Ace Pilot. I want to be the best pilot in the galaxy. I want to be a member of the Rogue Squadron and fly around or Gold Squadron or whatever. Uh, bounty Hunters, for all the people who like Boba Fett, Crime Lord, uh, Elite Trooper, uh, Force Disciples. Let's see, I'm reading really the book here real quick. Gunslinger. <laughs> Jedi Knight, Jedi Master, Officer, uh, Sith Apprentice, and uh, Sith Lord. So you can choose to play a Sith. And, you know, even go so far as to become a Sith Lord. So that's always fun. The Prestige classes are pretty cool, I'm not going to lie. They're very interesting to play and mess with. Uh, as, far as, like, as far as those go, it's usually right around the 7th or 8th level that you meet the requirements to do that because there's like you have to be this much you have to have be a certain level you have to have you know different skill requirements different things like that 
Um, just to talk about skills for a second. Uh, the, the skills in the game are pretty much what you would expect. I'm going to read over the skill list real quick here. And I'm sorry if I'm jumping around a lot and people are like, I don't know what's going on. But with something like this, there's just so much to cover. Um, so here's the skills. There's acrobatics, there's climbing, deception, endurance, gather information, initiative, jump, knowledge. Knowledge skills are interesting because there's a wide range of knowledge. So it's not necessarily like your book learning, but uh, just to give you an example of knowledge skills, there's bureaucracy, so that's your knowledge of business procedures, legal systems, regulation, that kind of stuff. Galactic lore, life sciences, physical sciences, social sciences, tactics. So once uh, you're playing a, a military guy, a soldier, maybe he, he's got some training as a tactician um, and technology. So those are all cool and fun. And I've used a number of them, different characters over the years. Uh, just continuing down the line here of skills. You've got mechanics, perception, persuasion, piloting, riding, stealth, survival, swim, treat injury, use computer, and use the force. Um, all these skills are pretty self-explanatory. I mean, if you've ever played a role-playing game, you probably are pretty, pretty close in your guess to what these do. But the neat thing is, every class has its own skill list that they get to choose their skills from. So no two classes are going to have all the same skills to choose from. There's, of course, some crossover, you know, like a lot of them are going to have things like initiative to choose from or knowledge. But everyone's a little different. And they also all have their own feat lists. Soldiers' feats are very combat-oriented, whereas the other classes, they're going to have different feats that fit their what their class does a bit better. So, you know, for example, as a dip, as a... Uh, as a noble, you may choose to take the linguist feat, which gives you additional languages, allowing you to speak to other races rather than shoot them. A soldier, no matter how nice a guy he may be, probably has more occasion to shoot aliens than he does to talk to them, depending on when you're playing and how nice he is, of course. Um, there's force powers. Force powers are awesome. Who, who's never wanted to do the Jedi mind trick and, like, you know, wave your hand and do whatever? Um, force powers are fun. There's all the ones that you would think of, like moving objects, the Jedi mind trick. Uh, you know, there's dark, there's dark side powers. So, like, let's say you're playing a Jedi and you're, you're, there's your dark side score tracker. The dark side score tracker is basically every time your character does something evil it increases their dark side score. And up to a certain point, your character can start to serve the dark side. So as you're doing stuff, you know, your GM can kind of throw these little things out there. And it can be a big moment for your character. It's like, you know, you see, you're, you're a Padawan and you see your Jedi Master get hacked down in, in combat and you take up his lightsaber and in anger you strike this Sith down. That could potentially be increase your dark side score and put him on the path to turning to the dark side which is interesting because it's a big it's a big dynamic moment for that character you know yes what he did is not necessarily evil but it, is it is it in the service of the jedi order is it in the service of you know bettering the universe no he he wasn't doing this 
His motivation in that moment wasn't, I'm a Jedi, I need to protect the universe. His motivation was, this guy killed my friend and I want him to die. So morality plays a big part in this system. It's, it's very much kind of at the back of your mind. And, you know, your GM can be a jerk and be like, oh, you, for no reason, your dark side score goes up. And at that point, don't play with that person because he's just trying to turn everyone into a dark side. You know, if you're playing with a guy and he's like, I see a hobo in the street, I, I see a homeless person in the street and I kick him and, you know, go through his pockets, he can say, you know, hey, I'm a scoundrel, I steal his stuff. And it's like, I mean, he doesn't have anything. If he did, he wouldn't be like laying in the street on Coruscant waiting to, you know, have, have, uh, have some help. I'm trying to think of what else to talk about here. I mean, there's just, there's so much material to go through. I think one of the big things about it is, like, there's, I love the little sections in every book, and there are a fair number of books for this system. They have, like, they have the Galactic Gazette, the Galactic Gazetteer. And it gives you a little description about all the planets, like, what's going on in Bespin right now, what's going on in Coruscant, on Coruscant, or, or, or Iridonia. Um, it's pretty interesting, uh, and you know, kind of gives you that that flavor. If you're, I I want to do a campaign, and like you're gonna probably end up jumping between planets. I don't think most most of these campaigns are gonna take place on one planet. And of course, you have entire books devoted to the vehicles. You know, the uh, Millennium Falcons and the X wings and Y wings and B wings and A wings and Death Stars and Tie Fighters and Adats and all that cool stuff. You can jump in them and pilot them around and blow stuff up and, you know, step on a, you know, step on an Ewok, whatever. You can do that stuff if you want to. And that's pretty fun. Uh, I think one of the most fun things to do in this game is probably to be a pilot. It's, it's, it's weirdly fun to sit there with a group of friends and be rolling a D20 and be like, I'm going to roll my pilot check and see if I can do a barrel roll with my X-Wing and then blast this thing, and you do it, it's really fun. Like, everybody, like, yeah! It, it, I don't know why. It's, it's you know, all, all role-playing games are usually fun, but that's just especially fun, especially when the rest of the party's kind of like, in that moment, if no one else has made a character who really has much to contribute to starship combat, if you're not, if no one's had, like, I took the ability to use uh, vehicular weapons, which is a feat, be able to use like starship weapons and vehicular weapons they may not have much to be able to do they may you know be like well uh we're gonna die (laughs) and scream but that's fun um what do you need to really play this game i mean you can go and get your hands on the core book it has most of the races that you're probably going to want to play like wookies and how to make a how to make it in like various droids and humans and all that and it has all the classes and a nice array of prestige classes to get you started. There are tons of other books. There's books for the Legacy Era. There's books for the Rebellion Era. There's books for the Clone Wars Era. There's books called Threats of the Galaxy, which is just a big mob of monsters and scary things that you can throw at people. There's Starships of the Galaxy, which is just like a huge book of all the different starships and stats for those. There's a book for... Um, the gal like there's a book about just how to run a campaign that's a war campaign. There's um I'm trying to think. There's the Jedi training there's the Jedi Academy training manual, which is just a whole book of force powers and like different force stuff and different stuff about how to make Jedi or 
care, or maybe you want to make a Sith, or maybe you just want to know more about other Force-using organizations. So there's that out there that you can check into. Uh, there's, you know, an Old Republic guide. There are a ton of awesome books. Uh, they're all about in the range of about $40. So if you're going to try to get all of them, keep in mind it's an older game, so you may first off have a hard time getting your hands on all those books. Uh, and they're all going to be around that, that $40 price range. I've seen some of those things online for like $112. Do not pay $112 for a game book that costs $40 new. Like seriously, you can find it at a local gaming store. Someone sold their copy back because they, they don't want it anymore. Don't do that. Don't buy into that. Um, so what do you do in this game? I mean, we talked about a little bit of the mechanics and the classes and all that. What you do in this game is you take the world that we all know and you kind of say, what if? That is one of my favorite things about this because you have this great universe where all these amazing things are always happening. Like there's stuff going on over here on Coruscant, but at the same time over here on Bespin, we have no idea what's happening. Because no one ever wrote about that. And you can do that now. You can, you know, follow the usual model and have all your characters meet up in a bar. And they get hired to break someone out of prison. Okay. Or they get hired to go to a meteor and track down some ancient Jedi relic. That's fine. You can do that too. Uh, maybe you're being pursued by one of your party members is being pursued by bounty hunters and he's looking to hire some people to keep him alive while he carries out his secret mission. All of these things are possible. And you know what? I know I'm saying those things. As I'm hearing them come out, I'm like, that'd be a fun campaign. I'd like to do that. That'd be fun. I could definitely do a campaign with that. The Star Wars universe really lends itself very well to a role-playing game. Just because... It's really fun to mess with it. It's really fun to be like, you know, we want to go fight the huts or, you know, or some some crime boss and we want to bust into his casino and take him for all he's worth. I have played this game with various groups of people of various levels of experience and I have never, never had a bad experience with it, you know. Um, as far as how to run it and things like that, I have three pieces of advice for GMs who are hearing me ramble about Star Wars and are hearing something they like. Um, first off, do some research. Know what's going on. If you jump into the system, that's fine. I, I would inspire you to at least maybe, you know, watch a Star Wars movie and give yourself an idea for where things are going to start. Star Wars fans tend to be a bit detail-oriented, so if you say something wrong, depending on how detail-oriented they are, they may not be pleased with you. So, you know, know your level. If you're playing with a bunch of hardcore Star Wars fans, you're probably going to have to do a bit more research than someone who's like, yeah, I need to know where Coruscant was. And if you don't want to do that, then pick up the book about the Unknown Regions, which is Space Beyond the Outer Rim, and throw them out there and you know be like well you're stranded in the outer rim have fun um second piece of advice with the exception of a campaign that is literally going to be entirely about jedi 
and uh, you know you go into it with that preconceived notion. Do not let everyone in your party play Jedi. Here's why: when you have everyone play Jedi, they don't get that full spectrum of the classes, and you don't get as nice of a, a, a you don't get as nice of a blend of characters going on. You know, they all have that very similar background a lot of the time of if you're in certain eras, you know, when I was a kid or when I was a baby, someone found me and they knew I was force sensitive and they brought me to the Jedi Temple. Or uh, when I was in the Rebellion, um, I kind of learned to use the force a little bit and then Luke Skywalker found me and I became a true Jedi. Or, you know, in the Old Republic, same thing as in the Clone Wars and all that. So... There's, there's that similar background, and I just, I, I really don't like doing it. I've done it a couple of times, and I've just never, I, I've enjoyed the games, but I don't enjoy them as much, and they don't seem to last as long. It seems like things run through quicker. Uh, the third piece of advice that I have for aspiring GMs is to uh, avoid trying to put the party into the position of, you know, I love The Empire Strikes Back and I want to do that movie. Don't do that. Here's why. If you want to do completely different characters during The Empire Strikes Back and, you know, other events occur, it's not part of the main story, but it's like during the time period where that movie went on, we're all on Hoth and the party meets, they're all members of the Rebellion and, you know, it's the big battle and then things proceed from there. That's fine. Don't make your, don't have your, because the people are going to be like, I want to play Luke Skywalker, and I want to play Han Solo, and I want to play R2-D2. That's not a role-playing game so much as that's you guys playing as your favorite character from Star Wars movie. And that's fine for like a little one-shot campaign, I guess. But if you're going to be playing this for a year, me personally, I want people to make new characters and tell new stories. So those are my three pieces of advice. And just so you know... There are NPC stats for the characters from Star Wars, like Darth Vader, and Anakin Skywalker, and Obi-Wan Kenobi, and, you know, C-3PO, and Chewbacca, General Grievous, Boba Fett, and all that stuff, you know, and also stuff like the Rancor. So, I urge you to try this game, even if you have to, like, borrow a copy of it from a friend. Get together, you know... Make a character, it doesn't take very long, uh, and just just try it for a night. And if you don't like it, I apologize, but I think most people will enjoy it. It's a really fun game, it's a really dynamic system that's very open to you making the character you always wanted to make. And the nice thing is, you're not set into any one thing. You could do, it has huge replay, replay value just because... So like, oh, well, we played Dungeons and Dragons. We, you know, we played, we we played the game. We like dungeon delve games where you go in and you hack, you know. And I know that not all Dungeons and Dragons games are hacking and slashing, but you know, your guys are all sick of putting grabbing swords and going down into dungeons to fight dragons and kobolds and beholders. You can do pretty much anything with this system that you want. And you can jump th across thousands of years and major historical events completely, you know. The Old Republic is not like the Legacy Era. They're radically different. There are different races. There's different pol political situations going on. So 
you know, as much as D&D and Dungeon World and stuff like that, you can do whatever you want in that setting, you can do that here too. And it's all stuff, it, it's a lot, and you have that nice structure of, you know, I remember Star Wars from when, when I saw it in the theaters when I was a teenager or when I saw it when I was a kid or whatever. And people love those characters and they love that story. And there's a reason they keep coming back to it. And I don't think there's anything else that's quite like Star Wars. So that is going to be it for me. I'm sorry if this review was a little bit rambling, but I get very excited about it, this game. Um, I hope you guys will give it a try. And, you know, that's going to be it for today. And thanks for listening, and I will be back next time. Until then, may the Force be with you. Thanks, everybody. Bye.